Welcome back to Molly Nook Podcasts. I'm your host, Matt Wilkinson. In the second episode, I talked to my friend Colleen McDonough, a licensed music therapist, to discuss music therapy, what it is exactly, and some of the techniques that she practices in the field. So you're a music therapist. Correct. What's that title again? MTBC. So it's music therapist with a little hyphen, uh, board certified. The reason I asked is because music therapy is a fairly new um, practice in the grand scheme of things. Correct. Yeah. I would. I mean, this is just my assumption, but because it's so new, I'm sure a lot of people write it off as like, oh, it's just playing a song or, you know, hitting notes on the keyboard or whatever. Yeah. Something that our professors consistently prepare for or help us prepare for and talk to us about is is this idea that we're going to have to advocate for our field. Um, and one of my favorite professors, I thought she always put it the best way in saying that we don't want to aggressively fight for people to understand what music therapy is. We kind of have to show them over time in a way that we're not like pushing people away. So we're advocating constantly, but we have to find ways to demonstrate what we're actually saying and research is a big part of this. So that's, that's part of the battle, figuring out ways to demonstrate why and how music therapy is actually effective. Um, and thankfully there are a lot of people who are, who are working on that, working to show that. And there are a different side of things. There are neuroscientists who are trying to understand how music affects the brain, you know, so you kind of have, um, this really logical side of understanding it. And then you have the equally as important emotional side of it to understand that on a human level, I think one of the biggest things for that is just as humans, we are intrinsically musical. Even people who say that they can't sing, can't hold a rhythm, they're tone deaf. So many people will say that to you. Um, but you walk into the grocery store and there's music playing you some of the people who make the most money in the world are musicians people go to concerts and spend thousands of dollars going to see these musicians or they spend years practicing to be a great musician music is it's constant um i guess just sort of in our lives and there's no one that you're going to talk to who doesn't have some sort of connection to music you know so that's what's really nice is that music therapy can technically work for everyone on some level because everyone can connect to music. Did you, you might've, um, there was some um, writer who made the, the point, I guess that like when it comes to the ways that we tell stories or the ways that we create art, the only universal art is music, like music. Well, it transcends language and that's what makes it so. Yeah. Yeah, everyone can find some type of music that they enjoy on some level. Let's talk broadly about techniques. When you go to school and then you graduate and you go out into the world, what are some of the techniques or what are some of the ideas that you take with you? Um, so one thing to understand, one important thing to understand is is the the overarching techniques that we use. So one is recreative. So this is using music that already exists. And then either I'll make, I'll recreate the song as the music therapist, 
I'll have my clients recreate it with me or we'll create some type of new version for it, whether that means that we do a parody that uses the music and the structure of the lyrics, um, or we'll do more of a lyric substitution kind of thing where you take the idea of the song, but you're adding your own personal lyrics in, like the clients are adding their own personal lyrics in and making the song apply to their situation or apply to their life. Um, yeah, recreative is probably used the most often because it's so versatile and because just the act of making music together can start to form that um, trust within um, the music therapy relationship. Because making music is a really vulnerable thing. People, sort of like I said before, there are a lot of people who when asked to sing, they'll say, nope, I can't. I'm tone deaf, I sound horrible. And, I, and to that, I'll always say, one, it does not matter how you sound. I don't care. The rest of the group doesn't care. You know, this is a completely judgment-free zone. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say that as a therapist. I come and I'm like, okay, guys, it's a judgment-free zone. But you have to create that as a therapist. And you have to make everyone in that group understand that nobody's here to judge each other. You know, when you open your mouth to say anything, there's no judgment. And the same applies to when you open your mouth and sing. Um, and the same as if they're playing an instrument. We do a lot with percussion instruments. And um, any rhythm that someone creates, anything that they personally decide to do or create is, that's their music. You know, anyone, anyone can do that. Um, yeah, so recreative is really good. Compositional is... I've seen it work really well with people who are more creative because they're a little more open to it, but some people need to sort of be pushed a little more to embrace compositional music therapy because the same thing with singing. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not creative enough to, to write a song. You know, my words aren't pretty enough or I don't know how to write music or anything like that. But it's as simple as me giving them four chords and then they gave me the words and then, then we put it together you know, and then you can add layers and things like that. And it often ends up being in a really cool uh, composition. And then along the same lines, there's improvisational. So this is just making up music on the spot. And that can also be really daunting for people, um, especially when they don't have a lot of prior music experience. But if you kind of work, work towards it over time, um, it can be really freeing. It can be kind of a release. Um, I know that I, when I first started my degree, they were like, okay, one of the main techniques of music therapy is improvisation. I and all of my other classmates were like, I don't know how to do that. Like, you, you expect me to make up a song on the spot or like make up music just in the moment? And then when you realize that it doesn't actually matter what music you make up, as long as it's part of the process and you're kind of still working towards your goals, it's, it's actually kind of a beautiful thing and a really cool way to experience other people, especially um, kids. Kids are great at improv because you put a piano in front of them and all they want to do is kind of bang on it. Um, 
and them putting their energy into something creative like that, you can have a lot of fun. You can really um, focus their attention on something. Um, and then you can, you can work from there and create something that's more structured. And then the last one is receptive, receptive music therapy, which has a lot more to do with listening and experiencing music. It can be very intimate where it's just you and a client and you're making the music and they're listening to it and focusing on your words and focusing on your music, or you can play it from a speaker and you have a group of people who are all doing some sort of systematic um, muscle relaxation because that can be something really nice, a technique where you're teaching your clients how to do, how to use these techniques on their own. So part of it is like training the brain with music, I guess. That's super cool. No, that's yeah. super cool. Let's, uh, I guess, talk more specifically now about um, your experiences and things that you did with uh, people who did have intellectual developmental disabilities, because that is kind of the focus of the website. So, so my experiences with um, the developmental population in general was mostly at camp, but I also did one of my field works in a bilingual special needs classroom in North Philly. Um, so what was interesting, most interesting for me is because I had done my first summer at camp, or I had done two summers at camp. Wait, can you quickly explain what the camp is? Yeah, of course. So Camp Huntingdon is a, a camp for children and adults with special needs in general, um, developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities. Um, and for the most part, they're pretty severe. So Camp Huntingdon takes a lot of campers that most other camps that, that um, work with people with developmental disabilities won't take. Um, their behaviors are too extensive, that kind of thing. So, so all of us are trained in emergency like procedures, not just first aid, but also um, restraints and things like that. So, uh, and that, and seizures and all of that kind of thing just kind of happen on a regular basis. And that's just how camp runs. But my experience at camp was, I was first a general counselor. So I worked one-on-one -on -one with um, a young boy, an eight-year-old, who uh, was autistic and was nonverbal. And then my second summer, I ran the music program. And then the third summer, I oversaw all of the activity programs. Um, and I should specify that I wasn't technically doing music therapy there. I was running the music program as someone who is in training to be a music therapist. So I used music therapy techniques, um, but at no point will I refer to that as music therapy. I did in the classroom, in, um, in the special needs classroom, that was music therapy. So I guess I actually am just curious, like what were you doing at the camp then? Like what was, um, what was the music program like? So um, I ran the music program in my, in my big music hut, which was actually outside um, with a roof. And I had a lot of different instruments. So like I said before, percussion instruments are really good um, to get people involved in music, especially because singing can, can be difficult sometimes, but most of the campers at camp, they were so ready to sing like all the time. They were ready for their solo. Um, and we would actually have, we had a lot of um, talent shows. 
So part, sometimes if, if we had extra time at the end of our, um, our groups, and it would always be groups because they're different bunks at camp and they're all kind of put together as similar functioning levels. Um, I use the term functioning loosely just because people are labeled as high and low functioning kind of in the developmental disabilities community. Um, and I don't always know how that term goes over with people. So, but it's just kind of intellectually and, and cognitively and in terms of how mature the campers were, they were kind of put together based on those things. So they were split up in, into three different main groups. So you have the e-bunks, which were the really technically low functioning guys, mostly autism, um, mostly nonverbal. And then you had the B-bunk guys, all boys, um, but most of them were younger, uh, kind of like adolescent, early 20s, that kind of thing. And then you had the G-bunks, which was all of the girls. So with a lot of the E-bunks, we would do a lot of different sensory things to music. So um, it would be a lot about getting them to even like think about touching some of the instruments because you'll have certain instruments that have different textures um, and playing them maybe on their arms or um, you will always 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 have hello and goodbye songs in music therapy sessions for the developmental population because it provides structure it tells you when the music is starting and it tells you when the music is ending and one of the main things in hello songs is you address everyone in the group so you you call them by their name you see like their attention level for the day you might ask them how they're feeling if they're verbal or if they're not verbal ask them to play how they're feeling if they can't understand the question then it's more about seeing what kind of eye contact you can get see what kind of interaction they're having with the instrument um, so it's more about just kind of going with the flow and seeing what they're interested in doing with the instruments that they're provided and seeing what their reactions are when they're given music stimuli sometimes i would even like if I had plastic drums and things like that, I would put paint on top of the drums um, because that sensory um, feeling of the paint was more attractive and would sometimes get them into playing the music a little bit more too because uh, they had the added sensation of the paint. Or I would have them play guitar with me. I, the guy that I worked one-on-one -on -one with my first summer, I would play chords to a song and he loved strumming the guitar. Um, he loved that sensation of strumming the guitar and he would put his ear right next to the hole. And then I would sing whatever song that I was doing the chords for. And they would usually be songs from his favorite TV shows or whatever. Um, and that would help him engage more. So for some of the campers, it was really just about them actively participating in something because some of them would go to activities and just sit there you know you couldn't couldn't get them to make anything in art you couldn't get them to play anything in sports you know so music was kind of the place where they would perk up a little bit and pay pay a little bit of attention and engage yeah that's really cool that's so cool that's i can't um 
I can't believe that there would be any pushback against music therapy. There was one young man who I worked pretty closely with. He would wear headphones all of the time and he would have music playing softly because he was really startled by loud noises. But in music, uh, he loved the Backstreet Boys. So we would take his headphones off and you, like, the difference was palpable. You, you took his headphones off and initially he's a little wary because he's scared of loud noises, but you start playing some of his favorite songs and he's dancing and he's playing different instruments. He wants a bandana tied around his head. He wants to be a pirate. It's like, you never saw any of these things, any of these um, behaviors outside of music. So um, as a music therapist, it was re really reassuring and validating for me that um, he was in the right place. You know, he was, he was in a space that was um, not only did the rest of us think it was good for him, but he genuinely seemed to be enjoying himself when he didn't seem to find enjoyment in many other things. Um, and that's just kind of something that I learned along the way that sometimes music therapy with different people is, it's really about those really small progressions, you know, like getting someone to finally play the drum or getting someone to finally open their mouth and sing a little bit or dance or do something differently or interact with another camper in a way that they hadn't before. Um, so I saw a lot of campers open up in music in ways that I didn't didn't see them do it outside you that's know? amazing that's yeah. so cool and that goes back to you know this is a reoccurring theme which i guess makes sense because this is all about art art music theater it just hits differently you know like having someone talk to you or like work with you in like a traditional therapy format is like super cool and super important but music therapy and music and art and theater in general affect us in different ways than that you know so it's important to have both or it's important to have this other way of exploring ourselves as people and also exploring our emotions through that context. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the big things that we focus on learning as part of music therapy is the verbal processing, because it's one thing to just like play the song or just to make the music together. But then after it's done to be able to start to vocalize the things that you are feeling or why did you sing that note that way? Or why did you decide to hit that drum then? Or how did it feel when you were closing your eyes versus opening your eyes when we were all playing music together? Um, if people are verbally able to do that um, and acknowledge some of the things that are happening, that can be just as important as what's happening in the music. You know, so I, yeah, I talk therapy is, can be really important for some people and sometimes music therapy doesn't always work but i think that the combination of the two um is what really can change things yeah that's awesome so yeah okay i could talk to you all night about this um, <laughs> I, I think we could yeah <laughs> and there's so much more to talk about so i hope that we can do this again um I would love to do you have any closing thoughts or do you have like a remark that you want to um end this on i guess remember that music is a powerful thing um but that it's also really just a daily thing a really human thing and it it doesn't always have to be um you know something poignant 